It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is SoCal Hockey Talk. A look at the best action on the ice. It's SoCal Hockey Talk with Andy Zilch on Extra 1360. Welcome to the March 25th edition of SoCal Hockey Talk. We're just making a quick temporary switch to Thursdays, and then we'll get right back to our normal schedule on Monday and about three and a half weeks. We're moving just because of the NCAA tournament. And hey, the big dances going on. Sports are continuing to thrive in terms of getting the games in and making it entertaining for fans. And that statement right there will parlay me into talking about the San Diego Gulls. Back-to-back -back victories for San Diego's team and America's finest fans have certainly sat back and enjoyed some great games over the past two contests against the Tucson Roadrunners. And the Gulls going 3-0 against the Ontario Reign. It can't get any sweeter than that. Let's set up this episode, and then we'll get right to B.J. McPherson to talk about those games. First, we will have our special guest with Brendan Burke, who is the voice of the Islanders on MSG, the television broadcaster. He also does games with NBC Sports, so it'll be really good to get his perspective from an East Coast side on how Southern California hockey is in his mind, and then also what he experiences when he comes to either L.A., Anaheim and you know what let's even intertwine some San Jose talk because I know he's actually called playoff games when the Sharks have been in the action so we'll get his perspective and then hey let's focus in on the growth of SoCal hockey that's what this show's about and no better guy to talk about it than who has been a pioneer for youth hockey that's Art Trache he is the vice president of the rinks now, you see that logo pop up around this area in Orange County and San Diego, specifically in Poway, and all throughout this town. It has been a growing spurt for the organization, and it started with the Sam Wellies taking the forefront on that one. He will touch on that, and he has a wealth of experience, too, regarding, first of all, his position, but also knowing who's come through there. And he'll talk about some of those names that have came through the ranks and it's a great subject to talk about here on this show. So it's one of the bread and butters for why we have this show. Let's go back. We'll talk about the San Diego Gulls. We'll set up B.J. McPherson, and we'll jump right into a conversation with him. First of all, San Diego Gulls had a victory on Sunday against the Tucson Roadrunners, an excellent win that they had against the Roadrunners. They were able to shut down Tucson's offense, come away with a great third period, not allow many shots. They walk away with a 4-2 victory. Again, three of those goals coming in that third period where they made quite a statement and big saves, too. And here's another thing. Ali Eriksson-Eck, back-to-back victories for the San Diego Gulls. That last victory that he had last night against the Ontario Reign in El Segundo, where the Gulls come away with only allowing 17 shots, and I bet you BJ is going to talk about that. That was a fantastic point to look at. And then not only that, but the Gulls control. They stay disciplined throughout the course of the game. One thing that you can really look at, they only had two penalties. They go back above 500, and you had different players contribute offensively. Sam Pear contributed. He scored his first goal as a goal. 
Golod, same thing. First AHL goal for him in a two-point night. Podorowski character there. And finally, an empty net goal scored by Antoine Moran, who unfortunately we have to say goodbye to. So if you're still not knowledgeable about it, Antoine Moran was on the opposite end of a deal. He was dealt to the Tampa Bay Lightning along with a conditional seventh-round pick. And in return, Volkov comes from the Lightning, who was a part of the Stanley Cup championship team last year. And he looks to make an offensive impact with the Anaheim Ducks organization as soon as possible. And one of those type of trades where if you look at it on paper, yes, you might think that the Ducks run away with it. But Moran is a guy who is very strong in his own zone. So that will be sorely missed here in the AHL and in the future for the Anaheim Ducks. And now we bring in B.J. McPherson on SoCal Hockey Talk. And, B.J., let's start talking about the San Diego Gulls, of course. And we have wins to talk about on this episode. Back-to-back -back victories for the Gulls. It's great to see this team back in their normal step. Well, the great thing about uh, the last two games, Dan, is we got to go back to Saturday in Tucson to where, you know, you never want to talk about hitting, you know, if they, you hear the saying, hitting rock bottom. The Gulls were never that far out of it. So I, let me not put it that way. What, what it is is coming back after a game where uh, the talk was we didn't win battles, we didn't get the, the good enough energy or effort. And again, you never wanted to hear those words as a hockey player. But to come out the next night in Tucson and the big win, and again, such a big win going into the third period, being down two goals. You know, if you said Vegas is odds, they'd probably have you wiped out. And to come back and get that 3-2 victory, huge for the team huge for the core of the team because when you you know you get down great start of six and oh to get under a 500 hockey team to get that win a win like that can really turn things around and what i love about the win and just getting to see the box score from last night's win in ontario was the shots on goal and the difference for me was the shots against ontario only having 17 shots against the goals in three periods got to be a, a low for the season and again on the on the good note the Gulls took a good 34 shot so some great signs after uh, not having a, a great game in Tucson and Saturday but the last two games have been you know ex exactly what the Gulls needed well I mean you bring up lots of talking points that we can dive further into and the first one that I want to touch on is we did see you know one of those massive lulls before where the team got beat pretty handedly in Bakersfield, and they come back roaring against the Colorado Eagles. They weren't able to sustain that, however, in the games that followed. They hit another lull. But I think that now, and you can continue to comment on this, I think now the team has finally found what they weren't doing correctly in those games, and now they've addressed it, and it's unacceptable for them to play like that moving forward. Yeah, and then again, it's not a line thing. It's not a period thing. It's an individual thing. And individually, you look at yourself in the mirror, just like every other human does, and you just got to own up to it. My job is to win the battle in the corner. My job is to win the face-off. You know, my job is to put the puck on the guy's stick. We're on a two-on-one. And I think as a team, again, a lot of younger guys on there owning up and the veterans sticking in it. I just love it. I just see the team chemistry. I like it now, believe it or not, more than the 6-0 and start to start the season because you've had your lulls like you talk about, and you got to be able to put that stuff behind you. 
And to do it within a one-night stand helped two ways. One, you're right back at it. And two, you get to put the bad one behind you. And hockey players are, are, are creatures of habit. And again, you never want to get into the habit of going through these lulls. But I just like the way the goals are going right now. Well, and at this point of the season right now, it's it's a really tough point in terms of personnel. Uh, the organization as a whole has been hit with injuries. We have four players on the prevention list right now. The, the organization's taken a shot, but the goals are still getting it done. And, and this right here, this team in the AHL and any AHL team, that's the thick of it for the depth. The depth is getting shown throughout this league right now, you know, as we're about halfway through the season. And I think that that also speaks volumes, not only for the Gauls, for the coaching staff of the vets, but also for the organization. And you're right. And again, I'm going to go back to the start of the season. After the first six wins, I remember uh, thinking to myself, God, this Gulls team is going to be great this year. And it was through the depth. Now, pretty much right around the sixth to the ninth game mark of the season, the depth had to come into effect to help out the Ducks. Because having the taxi squad, having, you know, the big NHL Ducks team and your American League Gulls team, you got to have, you know, right amount of players in each spot and everybody knows that the NHL is the number one deal and everybody wants to play for the Ducks but you got to keep both teams competitive and it's the depth of the organization to be able to go through all these injuries and have a player sit out a few days because you're on a taxi squad and you got to wait to get back in line it shows the true colors of an organization when you get down to these tough days and for the tough days for right now in the organization goals are really being able to shine through it well let's continue to talk about the ducks as we're kind of transitioning over to them we got two things to talk about uh we'll talk about the trade momentarily we'll keep people on the cliffhanger but let's talk about the success from the young players drysdale zegris and i don't think you and i have really talked about this since it occurred but they each score their first nhl goal on the same night drysdale's debut where he picks up an assist as well very impressive to see these young guys continue to move through the pro rankings and get to the highest possible spot and continue to excel. Well, it's great to watch. And I, uh, you know, I got to watch the game when they both scored a goal in the second period. Jamie Drysdale just driving across the blue line and again, throwing a shot at the net. And I say throwing a shot at the net. He never lifted his head, but it's a key spot for defensemen to be able to have a whereabouts to put a shot on net as they're coming across the blue line, having a great uh, screen in front. You know, it took a little bit before they were able to get the goal to drive it, but he's the tight kid. It didn't matter if it was his goal or if it wasn't his goal, just as long as the team got the two points. Then the cap the night off, having Zegras score as well. And we all know they're roomies. They live together. But for Zegras to get the goal and have drive, they'll get the assists on it. I guarantee it. 20 years down the line when these guys meet up again, they're going to be talking about that game. It's going to be a game that they're never going to forget the rest of their lives. Well, and then the other thing to talk about within the organization, the trade that was pulled off last night, you got to give to get. And I think Antoine Moran was really getting settled in here with the San Diego Gulls. And I do firmly believe that he played his best two games with the Gulls on Wednesday against Ontario and Sunday against Tucson. And even David Urquhart made a mention after Sunday's game and media availability uh, during the course of the week, he said Moran stepped up, he had good minutes, and he played a solid two-way game. And I think if, if you're looking at Antoine Moran, 
yes, we're going to look at him as a very strong defensive player, and you get some every now and then points. And he's not going to light up the score sheet, but he's there with his physicality, and he is very responsible in his own zone. So you, you got to give him up, and you're going to get a highly talented offensive player in return to, with Volkov. When you look at the trade, getting Volkov, now here's a player that, you know, probably three, four years ago is touting the NHL to get ready. Here's going to be a 20-25 goal scorer. Now, to lose Antoine Moran, here's a big character player. Here's a great heart player. He's a guy with great wheel, able to kill a lot of penalties. And you're right, he's not going to be the guy that's going to light the lamp on any kind of regular occurrence. But I think what the, the Ducks are doing is they're going out and getting a guy who, you know, could be a 20-25 goal scorer in the NHL. And you look at the long run, I think the trade is won by the Ducks getting him. Yeah, offensively speaking, that's what this team needs, and they go out and they address it with Volkov. And uh, let's continue talking about the the Gauls. Let's wrap this little segment up, and we'll look forward to this weekend. It's Friday against Bakersfield, and it's Saturday against Tucson again. And you touched on the shots, and, and yes, 17 is the lowest total that the Gauls have allowed in terms of shots this season. Why do you see that? trending downwards now when the Gulls were allowing about 40, 50 shots a game? I think the number one key is giveaways in their own zone. Uh, when the Gulls aren't going the right way, that's when they get a little bit, uh, you know, scattered in their own zone. And again, if the puck's not on my stick and I get it off my stick, it's going to be okay. When really that's not the case. Back in your own zone, if you've got the puck on your stick, keep it there. You know, pass it over to the side. But what I've noticed is when they're able to keep the wits about them when, when things aren't going the right way and not throwing the puck blindly, I think the giveaway is, is the biggest curse for the goals when things aren't going well. And remember, you give the puck up in your own zone, it normally goes in the back of your net, and that's shots and shots and shots from giveaways. I believe keeping the giveaway down to a low number, as few as possible, is going to keep that shots on goal down. And also, that keeps that puck on your stick a lot more. Having the puck on your stick is going to keep the shots down as well. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend. Bakersfield, arguably the hottest team in the American Hockey League. Tucson always sets up for a good game. And the game against Tucson on Saturday, that'll be on CW, a televised game. So we're subbing out Troy. We're bringing in Eric. It's going to be a fun weekend, and I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Getting the goal, this three trio game. They've got the first one, then Bakersfield, then Tucson. Can't talk about Tucson yet. they got to take care of business in Baco. Yeah, that's absolutely right. B.J. McPherson, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks very much, Andy. We're due for a break on SoCal Hockey Talk. Coming up, we'll talk with Brendan Burke, who is the television voice of the New York Islanders on MSG with the Islanders and then NBC Sports Network. And then following Brendan Burke, we'll have Art Trache, who is the vice president of the ranks. All that coming up on SoCal Hockey Talk on Extra 1360. Visit Kearney Mesa Subaru just minutes from anywhere in San Diego or KearneyMesaSubaru.com. Hey, do you know Joe, as in Joe's Paving Company? If you need the best quality paving, asphalt, or seal coat job, make Joe's your first call for your free estimate, 760-749-0519. When you want a quality job done right the first time, 
Think Joe's. With over 40 years in business helping shopping centers, HOA associations, commercial and residential customers all bring out their best, your HOA needs to call Joe's first. 760-749-0519. Joe's will analyze your project and get you a competitive quality proposal fast. Joe's Paving Company is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau and has thousands of satisfied customers. If you need quality asphalt paving, turn to Joe. You know, Joe. Easy name, right? Joe's Paving Company. It's not a complicated name, but it's number one in quality work. Hey, they do concrete work too. Sidewalks, curbs, and gutters. Get your free estimate and a quality job done right the first time with Joe's Paving Company. 760-749-0519. That's 760-749-0519. The wise man once said, change is the only constant. He must have never had an in-and-out double-double. Two classic juicy patties and cheese melted just so. Each consistently delicious because we have consistently high standards. How's that for a change? Homeowners all over Southern California are loving Loan Pronto's zero-cost mortgage refi program. Hey, it's Rich Ornberger. Here's a great example. Carl and Sandra in Carmel Valley refinanced their mortgage first in 2020, but they called Loan Pronto recently and did it again. They got a better rate, almost a full percent lower with no closing costs or appraisal, savings of over $35,000 over the life of the loan. And they skipped two house payments in the process. You could do it too. Call Loan Pronto. Pronto now, 619-207-4336. If you have a mortgage rate of over 3%, don't put this off. You could get a better rate, close in less than four weeks without paying a dime in closing costs, but you need to act now before rates start going up. Call now and ask about Loan Pronto's zero-cost refi, 619-207-4336, or head to LoanPronto.com. Again, the number, 619-207-4336. Equal housing lender, NMLS 1661781, subject to lender approval. No closing cost, not available on all loans. Listen to freewinners.net every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock and Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Extra 1360. Freewinners.net turns experience, relationships, and research into concise info to the biggest games. Listen Saturday and Sunday right here on Extra 1360. Fellas, if you're going bald, if you're losing your hair, you've been thinking about hair restoration, call Dr. Roy David, 858-453-HAIR. Set up your free consultation today when you mention Extra 1360. That's 858 858- 453-HAIR-ROY-DAVID-MD.COM. Dr. David is a board-certified facial plastic surgeon offering all sorts of services. We've seen this procedure that Dr. David specializes in. It works. It's called follicular unit extraction. He can explain what that's all about. He's the best doctor in San Diego. Set your appointment today at 858-453-HAIR. Extra 1360 traffic. Sponsored by Mossy Nissan. South 805 struggling the 52 past 43rd. Accident East 52 at Santo, the freeway slow from that point to Mast Boulevard. Get behind the wheel on the game-changing 2021 Nissan Rogue during the thrill of the drive sales event at Mossy Nissan. And get out there with Rogue's available intelligent all-wheel drive. Shop and buy 100% online at MossyNissan.com or visit a Mossy Nissan near you. I'm Mark Zegan, Extra 1360. SoCal Hockey Talk continues continues. with Andy Zilch on Extra 1360. Welcome back to SoCal Hockey Talk, and today we're joined with Brendan Burke, who is the play-by-play voice of the New York Islanders on MSG, but also a lot of games done with NBC Sports Network, and I believe your third or fourth year with NBC Sports. Is that correct, Uh, Brendan? 
You know what? Yeah, fourth, fifth. It's my fifth year in the NHL overall um, with the Islanders, and I actually started doing some playoff games for NBC at the end of my first season. So it's fourth or fifth, whatever you want to say. It's all good. Yeah, we'll take it. And I appreciate you taking the time here to chat with us. Uh, It's a real pleasure to get an Eastern perspective on the SoCal swing here, and we'll get into that in just a bit. But, again, thanks for taking the time. No, happy to do it. Uh, I spend spend eight years in the American Hockey League, so always happy to talk uh, with the AHL alums. So we first of all, I want to touch on your string that you just went through. You, besides the Islanders on MSG, you also called some games for NBC, NBC Sports. You had eight games in nine days. How in the world did you pull that off? Oh, uh, you know what? It, it's 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 a lot. I, you know, the the one nice thing I guess it is is that I still was home every night because of the way the situation is where the Islanders are. We're calling home games from the Nassau Coliseum. We're calling road games from mostly our studios in Manhattan. And then NBC, almost all of their games that I've done have been out of Stamford, Connecticut, which is uh, about an hour from my house on Long Island. So it's a lot of miles between, but certainly not a lot of travel or not any travel. And so it's just a matter of making sure you're prepped and ready to go each night. And, and this season presents the unique opportunity not only with not having to travel, but with the fact that the Islanders play the same teams over and over and over again. And so uh, I'm pretty well versed in the in the East Division. And a, and a couple of those games that I did for NBC as well were with East Division teams. Uh, so those don't take a whole lot to get ready for. I'm, I'm ready to go. They could throw me on uh, on, on, on Buffalo and, and, and you know Pittsburgh tonight, and I wouldn't have any problems with it. You know, we, we entered this quarantine here with a lot of uncertainty, and from a broadcasting standpoint, I mean, even I was thinking, my gosh, how am I going to call games in front of an empty stadium? And you actually had to kickstart by calling games in front of a television screen. How was that experience? Yeah, I mean, so the, the bubble last year was the first time I, I had that experience, and it, it's different. You know, the, the problem, the biggest problem is you, uh, you know, I think sometimes when people hear, you know, calling a game from a studio or off a monitor, they picture a play-by-play guy in front of this giant wall of different television screens that have different angles to look at, and you can kind of pick and choose what you want to look at. That's not really the case. I mean, really, if you want to know what it's like to call a game off the screen, it would be like me sitting next to you on your couch and trying to do my job. I mean, I get absolutely, uh, I shouldn't say absolutely, but I get next to nothing other than what you were looking at on the screen. And so uh, uh, to compare that to what you're doing in person, when you get to choose what you want to look at, I want to look over here. I want to look at the bench. I want to look behind the play. I want to see if it's a three-on-two, and I can see the guy racing up the far side that you can't see on your screen to set that up. You know, you lose the ability to do all of those subtle things that really make it a full broadcast. So it, it's been a challenge. Um, there there was an adjustment period. I think I'm pretty set in, in how I call the games now. It's still not ideal, and it never will be, but uh, we've managed to make do, and uh, as, as certainly I, I think everybody's on the same page, I'd rather call it off a monitor than not call it at all. I'd rather have hockey to call, and uh, we're happy to have it. Right. No, I, I agree with you on that one, and you had a great experience last week as the Islanders started to let fans back in. That had to be a special moment for you. Yeah, you know what? It's it's ten percent capacity in New York, and the Islanders have the smallest building in the league. So ten percent capacity is just under fourteen hundred fans um, that they're allowed into the building. And I didn't know what that would feel like, what it would sound like, or if it would just be the same as uh, you know the the canned crowd noise that we've been experiencing here over the past uh, couple of months. But it was it was different. It was special. There, there's a different energy, um, and and for the Islanders, you know, we have. 
a pretty passionate and, and most fan bases do have a pretty passionate season ticket holders uh, base. And all of the seats have been reserved for all of the games by strictly season ticket holders. So they are the, the passionate of the passionate fan base. And so they are chanting and cheering and singing, and they make 1,400 sound uh, sound a lot better than I thought it was going to in a, in a building like that. We're talking with Brendan Burke, and one thing that I'd like to touch on is your, your background, your early background. And you've, you mentioned that you've been in minor league hockey, and you spent a good chunk of time in it. And I, I don't want to glaze over it, and we will touch on it because it was a large part of your life, and as all of us broadcasters, a massive part of us to get to the NHL, but... When did you first decide to become a broadcaster and say, all right, this is what I want to do for a living? Uh, I was nine years old, actually. Uh, you know, my father is a sports writer. And, uh, and so I grew up on the media side of sports. That was just kind of my family business, I guess, if you will, uh, that my dad was actually, when I was growing up, uh, the New York Yankees beat writer. He's covered uh, Mets and Nets and, and Olympics and Super Bowls. And so I, I, was, I was very privileged to be in a spot where I got to know what it was like to work on the sports media side uh, of the game. And uh, right or wrong, he told me at a very early age, that uh, being a broadcaster was less work and more money than being a writer. Um, and so that kind of got the bug in my ear, and I was able to actually sit down uh, and watch uh, a Yankee game, uh, one of being a number of Yankee games, sitting in between their two broadcasters on the radio, which at the time were John Sterling and Michael Kay. And as a 9-, 10-year-old kid, to be able to, to witness a game from that perspective, and then when I realized they got paid for doing that and that that could be my job, uh, I've never wanted to do anything else. And so, yeah, the, the initial thought was to be a baseball guy, uh, but I've always loved hockey. I've always played hockey. And uh, once the, the, the passion for broadcasting and the passion for my game of hockey kind of came together, it just all kind of worked out. Well, I'm sure that broadcasting 162 games during the dog days of summer and losing your summer also had a little bit to chime into that, where you could actually relax and enjoy some hockey. And the worst thing is uh, maybe you call eight games in nine nights. You know, I, so I, I wound up doing right out of school. I got a job in minor league baseball. Um, you know, like I said, that was the plan. Uh, and I wound up doing three seasons of baseball and doing hockey during the winter time, and, and just going, you know, season to season to season without a break. And I think my last year in the, in the South Atlantic League in, in single A baseball was. Uh, 140 games in 152 days and and working alone and sometimes the games go 12 innings and you're on the air for four four and a half hours uh it it can get it can get long but i'll tell you what it made me a better broadcaster having having to go through that and having to to figure out how you can be uh energetic and engaging and knowledgeable and and entertaining for that long that many nights in a row um i I think i'm better off having gone through it and that, that was in wheeling west virginia correct Wheeling was when I started in hockey, but I was actually doing games first in Batavia, New York, with the Batavia Muck Dogs, and then uh, the Lakewood Blue Claws down the Jersey Shore for the Philadelphia Phillies single-A team. So uh, I was going back and forth between Wheeling doing hockey uh, and and the baseball on the Jersey Shore. Then you move on to the Peoria Rivermen. You go to the Utica Comets, and that's when you get your break in the NHL with the Islanders. But during your entire minor league time, and I was thinking about this on a seven and a half, eight hour bus trip last night when we came from Tucson back to Irvine, you got to have a great bus story that just knocks everybody's shoes off. That's that's the minor league way, and I feel like you have to have one. Yeah, I mean, so we <laughs> so we had a very unique bus in Peoria, and I'm not sure if you ever got to ride on it or ever witnessed it, but it's a it's a converted tractor trailer. 
Um, it, it, it looked like a truck uh, hauling, you know, goods down the road. When in reality, there were a couple of what we what are our porthole windows. It looked like a submarine. There was about two or three of them on the uh, the bed of the truck, but it looks like an 18 wheeler. And so we, we certainly, uh, we certainly caught a lot of eye and, and it's a sleeper bus. So it's just, it's, it's bed on top of bed. It's three rows of beds, uh, from ceiling to floor in the back of the truck. And there's, it, which is great for long trips, but short trips, everybody's kind of laying down in little coffins. So it's a very strange, <laughs> you know, Ben Bishop was six foot seven and barely fit in them. And it, it just, it, it's just not ideal. Um, but we, we took that bus everywhere. Um, and, and actually, the, one of the one of my my better stories is from I did arena football um, during the summertime, my first year in Peoria, and we had to take that bus from Peoria, Illinois, uh, all the way to uh, Albany, New York, mm. and it was in July, and the and the generator that controlled the air conditioning died. Oh no! And like I and th- again, this was football team, so these are 250, 300 pound guys in the same setup just getting off that bus looking like they were climbing out of a swimming pool and it was just unbearable. But uh, that's, that's one that sticks out to me. Uh, (laughs) I've been involved in, in, in small fires. We've had tire blowouts. We've had buses that completely break down and have to get, you know, hauled off the side of the road. I mean, 10 years in the minor leagues, eight years in the American league. Uh, yeah, I've spent more hours than I'd like to remember on buses. (laughs) We're talking with Brendan Burke, the voice of the Islanders on MSG and also NBC Sports. And now I'd like to get your perspective of the California hockey growth. And, and I believe the furthest that you've ever lived is Peoria, correct, in Illinois? Yeah, full-time. I, I spent a semester in L.A. in college uh, with Ithaca College's, uh, I guess, study abroad program where I kind of uh, took advantage of what they have available for film and, and film and television students and spent a, spent a semester out in Burbank. But other than, that, uh, other than that semester in Burbank, yeah, that's pretty much as far west as I've gotten. So in your experiences in the NHL, and I, I know you've gotten a good grasp of not only postseason hockey but regular season hockey out here, do you see any differences, and, and boy, this can go from fans to uh, the play of hockey east versus west, and then obviously if you have to gravitate a little bit closer to Southern California, fire away. I'd like to hear your just opinions from a guy who doesn't live in this area. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know the, the reputation may be changing, and obviously the, 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 the demographics of the actual players on both the Ducks and the Kings are certainly changing and skewing younger. You know, but the reputation was for an Eastern Conference team to come out there and play the Ducks and the Kings, usually on back-to-back nights, uh, throw in a trip to San Diego or to, to 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 San Jose as well. I mean, that's that's three games and four nights usually stretch was just a, a, had the reputation of just being a heavy, hard type of game to play because you had to do it every night against those big kings, you know, and Getzloff and the Ducks. It just, you know, that's the that's the feeling of this is not going to be an easy trip. Now, obviously, things have changed uh, over the last few years and, and teams have gotten younger and certainly a little bit smaller and, and less heavy. But I think that's the way the whole game is trending. You don't get those big, heavy nights. But I, I do still think that there is a, a significant difference between the play in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. And some of that might just be the schedule on a normal basis. I mean, you talk about, you know, the the Eastern Conference teams and specifically the Northeast teams, you know, they play 
you know, third, uh, you know, 18, 19 sets of back to back without a lot of travel. And, uh, you know, you'll go back to back, you know, Boston and New York, and you'll go back to back, you'll throw in a game, you know, random games in the Western Conference. I think we had a one off game to St. Louis. I mean, the Western Conference teams, you, you kind of have that already. Uh, that's kind of series mentality where you're, you're playing a couple of games, you've got a couple of days off and you go back and forth. So um, it, it lends to be a little more physical because the bodies of the players can handle it. Um, but certainly uh, it, it is always uh, it is always tough to come east to west and have to play some of those teams. Now, you're very active on social media with Instagram and Twitter. Do you see any different interaction when you're calling games for Southern California hockey teams or is that kind of just move point? Yeah, I mean, you don't normally hear from anybody other than your own fans. I mean, typically, because why are they? Why would they be watching you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the reaction that I get during games is almost always about mistakes that I make. Right? That's kind of the nature of social media. So you say something <laughs> that uh, you you weren't you weren't correct on, or they didn't think you they didn't think you were correct on, even though you were, um, and, and they'll let you hear about it. But it's usually from your own fans when you do games for NBC. Uh, it, it, it usually is who's going to take the time to find your Twitter handle since I'm not a normal guy that they normally follow um, just to, to give you a hard time about, you know, calling game against with their team. But for the most part, um, everybody, everybody's pretty good in hockey. And, and, and uh, I, I guess I guess we'll see where it goes. I think everybody's getting a little more courage online these days. What's been your experience calling games live? And this is going to have to date back to almost two years now of coming out to the West Coast and and calling a game in California. Well, you know, um, you know, San Jose. I've actually been been fortunate enough to do a couple of playoff series in San Jose. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in San Jose during the spring, uh, and and that's a great place. Uh, you know, talk about passionate fans, and, and they make that that place rock during the playoffs. Uh, that's a, that's a really cool building to be in. Um, I obviously haven't spent as much time in Anaheim or in in LA just because we we play them typically in their building once a year. Um, and so you, you kind of get in there. I, I will tell you that I hate the King's goal horn. Can I just throw that out there? Um, that, that's one of my least favorite goal horns in the NHL. It, it just, I don't know what it is about it. It just doesn't, I don't like the sound of it. It's hard to talk over. Uh, so I always appreciate a shutout in, in LA and a shutout in Columbus. Not that it has anything to do with it, but uh, they have that stupid cannon out there that they like to fire off every time they score a goal. So uh, if, if the Islanders throw a shutout in, in LA or Columbus, it's, it's a bonus for me. Um, you know, and then in, in Anaheim too. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we've had an opportunity to, to go out there and, 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 I actually have a cousin, believe it or not, through marriage, who is on the ice crew in Anaheim. Um, and so it, it's always fun to get out there and I get to pick his brain about the Ducks and about the team and, um, you know, and, and about the fan base there. And so it's, it's always fun. It's always sunny. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. You come, we come out there in the middle of January or whatever it is, uh, and you just have to have a smile on your face because you're walking around Southern California and you remark it. You know how clean everybody's cars are, and, and you go and stay outside as much as you can uh, in between games. That is always the best, and it's funny too because I, I recently had uh, introductions of rookies, and I had to ask them about the best part of Southern California. And before I even let them answer, I said, "You cannot say the weather because it's such a default answer, especially from guys from Quebec and like New York, like you're talking about." Yeah, you know, and and, and you know the Ducks. I'm pretty sure that they have a. Uh, they have people that actually clean the guys' cars during morning skate, right? So you walk past the morning skate to go in there to interview them, and then there are guys working hard making sure their cars are clean outside. So, um, you know, it's just one of the – you don't get that kind of service in the north 
these, whether you're playing in New York or Boston, wherever they're not, they're not cleaning your car. <laughs> you're lucky if you get them to scrape the snow off of it. <laughs> That's Brendan Burke. Uh, time has expired. I appreciate you taking a good chunk of time for us here today on SoCal Hockey Talk. Hey, uh, anytime, Andy. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. All right, fans. We'll return. We'll have more coming your way. This is SoCal Hockey Talk on Extra 1360. Extra 1360 is available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Extra 1360, an iHeartRadio station. ASAP Drain Guys is hiring technicians in San Diego. Go to ASAPDrainAndPlumbing.com to apply. Extra 1360 traffic. Sponsored by Mossy Nissan, South 805, struggling the 52 past 43rd. Accident East 52 at Santo. The freeway is slow from that point to Mast Boulevard. Get behind the wheel on the game-changing 2021 Nissan Rogue during the Thrill of the Drive sales event at Mossy Nissan. And get out there with Rogue's available intelligent all-wheel drive. Shop and buy 100% online at MossyNissan.com or visit a Mossy Nissan near you. I'm Mark Zegan, Extra 1360. Homeowners all over Southern California are loving Loan Pronto Zero Cost Mortgage Refi Program. Hey, it's Rich Ormberger. Here's a great example. Eric in San Diego called Loan Pronto and locked in a lower rate than he got last year. He closed the loan in less than 30 days, paid zero closing costs, and got $35,000 of cash out of his equity to pay off credit cards. That cut his total monthly payments by nearly $900. And he skipped two house payments in the process. You can do it too. Call Loan Pronto now, 619-207-4336 or LoanPronto.com. If you have a mortgage over 3%, don't put this off. You could get a better rate and close in less than four weeks without paying a dime in closing costs. Call now and ask about the Loan Pronto zero-cost refi. The number, 619-207-4336. That's 619-207-4336 or head to LoanPronto.com. Equal housing lender. NMLS 1661781. Subject to lender approval. No-cost refi not available on all loans. Get up and go to San Diego. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Sometimes you just want to get up and go to a place where you know you can count on a great experience. It's what you'll find at San Diego Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. We're number one in San Diego. We have the largest selection of inventory you've ever seen. So you'll get incredible savings on that new Jeep Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, or Ram 1500 you've been eyeing. Like this. Right now during Ram Truck Month, get a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock for over 7,000 net savings from MSRP. That's right, a new Ram 1500 for 7,000 net savings. It's time. Get up and go to Sun Road San Diego. Diego Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Mission Valley between the 163 and 805 or online at sandiegoramtrucks.com. Number one claim based on 2020 sales report, 2500 dealer discount plus 3250 factory rebate plus 750 Chrysler Capital Cash equals 7000 net savings from MSRP. Must finance through Chrysler Capital, assuming all rebates apply. Five available. Expires 33121. Get up and go to San Diego. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Are you worried about refinancing your mortgage only to find a better rate later? Introducing the No Regret Refinance from Network Capital Funding Corporation. Mortgage rates are near all-time lows, and Network Capital is now offering one of our lowest 15-year fixed rates ever, 2% with a 2.27% APR. With a rate this low, you'll never have to worry about refinancing again. Our unique process is fast, simple, and secure. And right now, the Network Capital 15-year fixed rate is 2% with a 2.27% APR. Now, today's low rates won't last, so talk to us about the No Regret Refinance today. Call the experts at Network Capital right now. Call 800-500-NUMBER-1-HIT. That's 800-500-1-HIT. 
as in home run. Call now and save big on your refi. 800-500-1-HIT. 800-500-1448. NMLS ID 11712. Visit NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Under the finance lender law. Number 603-D787. An equal opportunity lender. Loan amounts 500000 and greater. 1.45 discount points apply. Rates subject to change. Need credit approval. Call 800-500-1448 for additional cost information. The College Hoops Tournament is in full swing, and so is all the action at BetOnline.net. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your bracketology needs. Every matchup, buzzer beater, and nonstop nail-biting games until a new champion is crowned. And let's not forget all the latest NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, boxing news. Before the next tip-off, head over to BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device and check out the site today. Bring home all the action with BetOnline.net. That's BetOnline.net. Fact. You have a lot of choices when it comes to filing your taxes online. But with Tax Act, you'll file for less and get more in return. Sweet. Plus, Tax Act costs up to 20% less than TurboTax. Double sweet. And Tax Act backs your return with a $100,000 accuracy guarantee. Triple sweet. So if you want to file for less and get more, start for free at TaxAct.com. 20% less comparison based on TurboTax pricing for paid consumer federal products on March 12, 2021. Price set at filing and may change. See TaxAct.com for guarantee details. It's SoCal Hockey Talk with Andy Zilch on Extra 1360. We welcome you back to SoCal Hockey Talk. My name is Andy Zilch, and we will continue on our local focus, and it's a great local focus that we have. We have Artrache, who is with us, the vice president of the ranks. And first of all, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk with us today. Anytime, Andy. Anytime. Look forward to it. The first question that I have for you is, what is the most enjoyable thing about your job? And to me, you are in the focal point of a booming area in America. And you're a guy who almost can be, you know, a guy who hangs your hat on getting things done and leading the way for younger kids to make a a good career for themselves, whether it be going all the way to the professional level or having fun. Yeah, I agree. It's a great job. I look forward to it every day. It's, you know, I grew up in, in Michigan playing hockey, and when I had the opportunity to come out to Southern California 25 years ago, I kind of jumped at it. I said, I can work in a hockey rink and in Southern California. I thought it was great. No, I look forward to it. It's a lot of fun. I, you know, it's a, like it's, it's a kid sport, and it's something I, I you know, I've played for, I've been involved for, geez, over 50 years in the sport of hockey, as either as a player, an official, as an administrator as a coach so it's something i look forward to it's a great sport and that's what's nice about i think once uh you get on the ice or smell the ice you're hooked what can you give us a little bit of an insight of your history and working in southern california sure yeah so i came like i said i came um when the walt disney company uh purchased you know a franchise in mighty ducks uh they opened up a facility called at the time Disney ice in, in downtown Anaheim. And they were looking for a general manager and uh, actually was sitting in Michigan and applied for it. And I've been out here since, since that time working and in, in trying and helping to grow the sport of, of hockey and skating in, in Southern California. It's, it was kind of nice. And just kind of grown from there from, you know, the two sheet facility in Anaheim to the, you know, the, the set of seven other facilities we have in, in Orange County and LA County and in San Diego County. So it's something that, I, I'm proud of it. It's, it's taken a lot of work. A lot of people put a lot of time into it. And it's, it's great to have an ownership group um, that's really looking to grow the sport of, of hockey and skating in Southern California. You know, you mentioned the ownership group that we currently have with the Sam Welly family. And 
the, the Rinks program, which is obviously what you're the vice president of, it has been a massive success. There's no doubt about that. What was the fruition of that? How did that start? Was it something the Sam Willey said, all right, we need to get a group of people, we need to figure out a way to make a footprint and continue to grow local hockey? How, how did that come about? It's, that's a great question. What happened was, as soon as Henry and Susan purchased a team, uh, Mike Showman, our CEO, and myself went around to every rink in Southern California to introduce ourselves. I knew most of them. I took Mike with me to introduce them to the owners of the facilities. And, and basically what we said is, is we're here to help hockey grow. So instead of being, you know, having Anaheim ice at the time, instead of being competitors, we want to work together. And we also mentioned to him, if you ever, you know, people want to get out of the sport for, for different reasons, whether their kids played, you know, a dad bought it or his daughter played and they're ready to get out. Before you close it down, please give us a call. And, and actually, Andy, that's how we, actually purchased the majority of our rooms just like that where they were getting ready to close they called us asked us if we were interested in, and of course we were and that's where um, kind of the rinks program began in your eyes how dramatic has been the growth of local youth hockey ever since you started oh unbelievable i was thinking about that today um it's growing so much i remember when, when i got to when i went to anaheim and you know the in-house and the, and the club programs weren't very big. And if you look at them today, unbelievable how much they've grown. Uh, the participation has really taken off. For us, I think really the big turning point in where we started seeing growth, Andy, was after the Ducks won the Cup in 07. We've seen about a 20 to 25% increase in, in hockey just in, in that year. And it's kind of taken off from there and continued to grow. We're talking with Art Trache, the vice president of the ranks, and one thing that's got to be absolutely an unreal experience is the fact that you are the vice president of a program that has produced guys like Cam York, a drafted player, Ryan Johnson. And then you can go to talk about Lady Ducks, like Annie Pankowski, a woman who we had on our show about a month and a half ago, Kayla Barnes. The names just continue to go, and, and that's got to be an amazing experience to just sit back and say, man, we made this happen. It is, especially from, from Cam and Ryan's, because in Annie also, they all started in their program as Mike players. So it's, you know, six, seven, eight years old, and just to watch them grow and to prosper. And then, as you said, you know, Andy being on the national team and Cam and Ryan being drafted in the first round a few years ago, yeah, it felt pretty good. It was actually in Vancouver when they were drafted, so it was quite exciting for me to be there. And, and I knew, and I know both families, so it was very exciting and a feather in everybody's cap you know, with the Samuel Wallies and the Ducks organization and the Rinks organization. How much was there a need for the Rinks to expand to Poway and, and put a hand in that community? I mean, that's one that is now the San Diego Gulls' primary practice facility under normal times, and it seems like it is a state-of-the-art AHL facility, let alone a state-of-the-art NHL practice facility. Right. I, I think it's really important for us to put a – put a kind of a foothold down there or to, to dip our toe in the water. Yeah, I think Poway was was very uh, important for us to get since, you know, since the, so when we moved our American League team to uh, San Diego, I think our goal down there, no different than it is in, in Orange County, is really to grow the sport down to San Diego. I mean, taking over the junior goals and the, and the goals girls programs, you know, at the end of last year, I'm just helping us out. And we look forward to it, you're right, on a normal year, is to get those programs going and up to where they were uh, before this pandemic took over. We're talking with Art Trache, the vice president of the ranks. 
And I'd like to know, now that I've actually currently, the Gauls call Great Park and Five Point Arena their home for the temporary time being, but when did the plans for Great Park begin, and, and how did that start to come about? It actually started about probably about 10 years before we opened, back in probably 2008, 2009, uh, Mike Shulman and myself. And we went to you know a few different cities. We had a few different sites picked out but for whatever reason just got kept pushed back and pushed back until we were approached by the the city manager and one of the council members uh, for the city of Irvine and for us it's really taken off and and and, and you've been there many times now uh, this season it's just it's a great facility turned out I think better than I expected and the response from the community from the hockey community from you know the city from the county has been phenomenal uh, we, unfortunately or fortunately we only opened a year before the pandemic hit so well one thing that i find very intriguing about that ice sheet and all four of them for that matter is the fact that it's not just built for hockey i mean we see it's it's a machine for figure skaters and then also it's built for sled hockey too which i find to be a very good aspect so it's you're right. So we just we didn't just build it for hockey. You mentioned that our figure skating program is very strong there also, and it started off. It's actually the figure skating programs in all our buildings are, are fairly strong also. But sled hockey is another one. We have the sled hockey boards on rink one. So you know, back in I think it was back when we opened around January February 2019, we held the training camp for the U.S. sled hockey team, um, and, and we're supposed to hold a couple sled hockey tournaments. Uh, Last year and this year we're supposed to hold them. So, um, yeah, so we, you know, that's another thing the Samuels are into. We're into the, uh, you know, hockey is for everyone. So it is the figure skaters or skating is for everyone. Figure skaters, hockey, um, the sled hockey players. We also do some community outreach programs um, with, with, the, uh, with some blind skaters and the warrior hockey. So it's, it's a building for everybody. Can you explain to listeners what a sled hockey board is? What, what's the difference between sled hockey boards and regular boards? Well, the sled hockey boards Andy, are the see through boards. So they, they, they slide out, so they, they enter the bench area right from the ice. There's no step, they go right on a clear board. So they can, they can actually, when they're on their sleds, they can see the, see the play on the ice. When Great Park finally opened, it's a 10 year process, as you said. That, that was your baby. How, how joyous was it for you to see that open and see fans' awe and the greatness of what is Great Park Ice? Yeah, it felt, yeah, it, it felt pretty good. After, like I said, it was, you know, two years of construction, almost two years of construction um, and all the planning going through. Yeah, I was, it was, I was pretty proud of it. A lot of people put a lot of work into it. But, again, it's and Henry and Susan's vision is really the girl's sport. And for our programs, Andy, we needed this. We needed uh, some more sheets of ice and in Southern California to grow our programs. <laughs> that sentence right there is a, is a guy from Michigan. Did you ever think you'd be in Southern California saying we need four more sheets of ice in one location? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I, I've never thought that. But it's, you know, and that's when, when I presented it to Henry and Susan about the, the four sheet facility, I said, you know, three sheets would take care of what we need right now. And this was back in, in 15 and 16. I says, this four sheets gives us a chance to expand our program. And that's exactly what it's been able for us to do. I mean, you know, the girls program um, is the Lady Ducks and is growing is growing a lot. The figure skating program is a lot. The Junior Ducks, and, and one thing we didn't touch on is the Adult League is, is growing there also. So all aspects of hockey for us have really taken off um, since the Great Park opened at the beginning of 19. 
Well, you touched on this earlier, and we'll close with it. And my my final question to you is, what in your eyes is the biggest difference regarding the hockey landscape over the past decade? Is it simply the fact that the Ducks won the Stanley Cup that drew more eyes to the sport? I, I think that's a, a little bit of it. I think, you know, like I said, it's grown quite a bit. But I think right now, in, and I look at it across the whole spectrum of kind of the United States, and, and you know, you're going back 10, 15 years, people around the United States didn't take California hockey serious. And I, I think that's one of the big changes now is when a team from California shows up at a tournament anywhere in the United States, they take them serious. We've always had very, you know, the California kids are very good athletes. Um, and everybody kind of looked at us as, you know, all we do is – is surf and skateboard, but now you know when a team from California comes in, they take them pretty serious. And you can and you look at the people like Andy Pankowski and, and Caleb Barnes and, and Ryan Johnson and Cam York. Those are born Californians, and they're at the top of their game. Yeah, I well said, and uh, and actually, I I did say that the last one was the final question. But the rinks actually doesn't just encompass ice sheets, correct? This is actually my final question for you. You guys also have a hand in roller, right? We do. We have the, uh, a, in Irvine, actually right down the street from the Great Park, yeah, in the city of Irvine, a Irvine Inline, which is a three-floor facility, outdoor facility, which is exciting for us because we finally get to open there and our, and our leagues start in about three weeks. So, yeah, we're really excited to get the inline game going very shortly. I appreciate it. Any type of aspect of hockey, Art Trache, the vice president of the ranks, you're willing to lend a helping hand to the community. Thank you again for your time. Hey, thanks, Andy. I appreciate it. We only have about a minute left, so let's just tee up this weekend's games, and then we will close this episode. First of all, Friday, it's the Bakersfield Condors, 7 o'clock. You can hear the game on the Gulls Audio Network. You can also access that through the Gulls mobile app. In addition, you can watch on AHL TV. Saturday's game, Tucson Roadrunners, 7 o'clock. You can watch on the CW. It's the very first televised game on the CW. We're very excited to bring that to you, and we have a string of games coming to you from the CW network. Also, AHL TV. And finally, as always, the Gulls Audio Network. That'll wrap up this edition. Fans, thanks a lot for listening to us. We will catch you next week, and we're going to continue a trend with talking with broadcasters in an upcoming episode. We're going to have Doc Emmerich join us. That's a little teaser for a future episode. We will be back next Thursday, 6 o'clock. Again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to SoCal Hockey Talk, an inside look at all the action on the ice with Andy Zilch on Extra 1360. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.